Hello, listeners, and welcome to a very special episode of Disembodied Thoughts. If you read our teaser, then you know that we're currently recording this episode in a castle in Washington that may or may not be haunted. So to kind of give you a recap of what we're doing today, we're doing something a little bit different than normal. This week, we are still telling you a story, but it is going to be a story that Karina and I wrote together using the exercise Exquisite Corpse. If you haven't heard about that exercise before, that is when we take turns writing a piece of a story, not knowing where it's going. And that's what we did. We wrote a whole story. Yes, we did. Without further ado, let's start the very first ever fireside stories with Kayla and Karina. And this time we bring you a story called The Secrets the Redwoods Keep. As the arborist grew older and experienced the world in its various ways, he often found himself reminded of his grandmother's adamant guidance that had been instilled in him and his sister from a young age. Don't walk alone at night, be wary of strangers, and stay away from the old redwood at the heart of the woods. The first two pieces of advice had been so useful they chose to obey the third without question, until duty and a shared curiosity drew the pair to their old family plot. The day started out just like any other day. The sun was bright and shining, and there was just the slightest chill in the air. Just another typical early fall day in the Pacific Northwest, thought Blake. Except, there was something just a little different. Something kept nagging at Blake, he thought. I just gotta get through this meeting, then Sophie and I will spend the day together. Blake and Sophie had a lot of catching up to do, after all. It wasn't often they were together, back at the place where they had grown up. And today, today they were dead set on seeing if there was anything to that warning about the stupid redwood. It's just a tree, Blake and Sophie had exclaimed almost at the same time the night prior. They had been reminiscing about their grandmother and all the laughs, stories, and words of wisdom she had imparted on them. Maybe being back in their childhood home had reignited the curiosity in the redwood. Maybe it was more than that, thought Blake. He had felt like the tree had been calling his name since the moment he had been back. That can't be right. Trees don't talk. They may communicate with the fungi scattered around their trunks and to each other through their vast networks of roots, but in all the years Blake studied the trees, he has never known them to talk to humans. Then why was he so sure when was speaking to him now? He quietly dismissed the thought in exchange for a more discernible one as he hopped in his truck and navigated to his childhood home for the second time in six years. Blake soon heard the familiar crunch of gravel beneath his tires and brought his vehicle to a stop just as the isolated house and the tree came into view. His breath caught at the sight of the redwood, towering over the surrounding pines, its peculiar whispers seeping through the canopy which added to its daunting presence. It was strange enough to see a redwood this far north, but the sheer size of it would put most others to shame. Blake! Blake had been so lost in admiration that the sound of someone yelling his name startled him more than he wanted to admit. Little sis Sophie was eagerly awaiting him at the end of the gravel driveway. He parked his truck and hopped out. You ready to find out what secrets the redwoods keep tonight? Sophie asked Blake. 
Blake didn't really want to let on that he was more terrified than excited. You betcha, squirt. Sophie frowned at the mention of her childhood nickname. You laughed so hard one time that all the yogurt squirts out your mouth when you're young and the next thing you know, you're branded with a horrible nickname for the rest of your life, Sophie exasperatedly said. Come on now, squirt. It's all in good fun. You know what won't be fun, though? Setting foot back into the house now that grandma's, you know, gone? There was suddenly a heavy air that hung around them, the kind that lingers in your chest and you only know once you've lost someone so dear. I know, said Sophie. Help me with the groceries and we'll get dinner started as we plan our escapade into the woods. They were greeted by the familiar scent of lavender as they crossed the salted threshold of the two-story home, careful not to drag their feet through the mineral barrier out of habit. The house was still, with the exception of the kitchen curtains that were billowing softly in the breeze. He examined the window to find it still cracked from their grandmother's final day. Blake hadn't prepared himself for these signs of life. Although their grandmother had passed away a month prior, she had been gone much longer as far as Blake was concerned. The dementia made sure of that. It first took her spirits, then her mind, until she was nothing more than a shell haunted by voices. Sophie motioned her brother to set the grocery bags on the well-used but sturdy dining room table while she sauntered her way across the kitchen. She reached for an index card box above the stove and shuffled through the cards. Aha, she said as her finger traced a tattered note card before pulling it loose from the rest. I thought we could have feijoada for dinner. Feijoada was their grandma's signature dish and was at the center of many family dinners growing up. Blake had a sneaking suspicion Sophie chose this dish to earn their grandma's favor so they'd be more easily forgiven after disobeying her wisdom later that night. Blake gave her a nod of approval anyway. Buttering up the spirit of their grandmother couldn't hurt. Back on her tippy toes, Sophie set out to return the recipe box to the shelf when her actions knocked something over, hidden in the shadows. Sophie climbed the counter and gingerly felt for the mysterious item. When her hand reappeared, it held a curious wooden carved figure the size of her palm. She repositioned herself to sit crisscross on the counter and examined her discovery. Curious. Why would Graham have a wooden bird hidden way up here? Blake was starting prep for dinner, but he paused to see what Sophie was going on about. Let me see that, said Blake. As he took the intricately carved bird, he noticed that it wasn't just any bird. That's a condor, Squirt. That still doesn't explain what it's doing way up here, exclaimed Sophie. Also, how do you know that's a condor, you dork? Blake was too transfixed by the little wooden figure to answer. Blake had developed an obsession early on in life, in part perhaps due to his grandmother's adamant warnings regarding the redwood. So much so that he had made it his life's work to be among the trees, to know all he could about them, to be one with them. He knew that the redwoods had great significance to the Yurok. He immersed himself in their beliefs, studying everything he could about them and their revered redwoods. This is made from a redwood, proclaimed Blake, with a sense of excitement. Condors were sacred to the Yurok, he added. What Blake didn't add was that the redwoods were also considered to be a symbol of safety, and this is what added to his concern. Was the spirit of their grandmother showing them this little wooden figure because she knew they would need the added protection tonight? Graham was always full of surprises, said Sophie. I think I'll take this with me. She placed it in her pocket as she finished that statement. Blake thought that was a great idea. 
his sense of unease was growing. Sophie, resilient as ever, shifted her focus back to the stew's preparation while Blake provided the half-hearted contribution of sautéing the meat and accompanying root vegetables. Despite his best efforts to be present with the task at hand, his uneasiness propelled his mind toward thoughts of the newly discovered condor figure. The Yurok tribe, native to the land south of their hometown, don't solely believe the condor to be sacred. The elevation of status is also given to the redwood trees, who are seen as living spirits that have been on this earth since the beginning of time, and those spirits were thought to extend to any object made of their hardy wood. He wondered about the soul this small effigy was a part of and who, or what, this condor was carved to protect. The smell of burning pork pulled his attention to his hand that subconsciously abandoned its stirring duties amidst his ponderings. Blake shifted the pot to the cool side of the stove, all the while frantically scraping the bottom to save the ingredients from further scorching. Well, it wouldn't be a family dinner without you burning something, Sophie commented before topping the pot off with some black beans and bouillon. Blake cautiously returned the pot to the burner. He turned the heat dial to low so the contents to simmer. Sophie simultaneously placed the lid atop the pot and exclaimed, Voila! Now, on to more pressing issues. Let's talk about that damn tree. Of all the trees in that forest, why is the redwood the only one we aren't allowed to go near? asked Sophie. The contents of the pot weren't the only thing starting to bubble. Curiosity and the growing sense of fear was bubbling to the top of Blake's head. In my years of studying all the fascinating trees, I've always given special attention to the redwood. I know the tree symbolizes wisdom and longevity, safety, as well as communication. I always kind of had a feeling that maybe if we got too close, we'd find out things we weren't supposed to know, like some sort of ancient wisdom that maybe should have laid to rest long ago along with those that planted the tree. I know it's weird, but I feel like the tree has something it wants to say to us stated Blake. Blake sat there, hands a little sweaty, nervous to hear what Sophie would say. Surely she would think he'd lost his mind. I'm so glad you said something. I could have sworn the tree was whispering my name earlier. To be honest, I had always felt it call to me, even when we were young. I chalked it up to the allure of something we weren't supposed to get near. But it's stronger now, said Sophie, pretty matter-of-fact. Blake was relieved that he wasn't the only one that had felt the draw. But his relief quickly dissipated as the time to enter the forest grew nearer. I guess we'll find out just what secrets the tree hides shortly. Dinner is ready, gulped Blake. Blake dished up dinner and the two sat in near silence. Sophie was excited to uncover some earth-shattering ancient truth. She was ready for an adventure, but she knew Blake was nervous so she ate in silence, mostly to get to the forest quicker. Dinner came and went with nothing more than the sound of silverware scraping bowls to fill the empty air between them. Sophie had finished her dinner within minutes, while Blake worked to scavenge every bit of food, careful to avoid his sister's eyes, which were patiently taking in his intentionally slow and calculated movements. Once the food was cleared, Blake looked up at his sister and simply stated, Okay. Okay, she said back in agreement. Without another word, the brother and sister stepped out onto the wraparound porch, the sun casting a calming warmth at odds with the feeling in the pit of Blake's stomach. 
Sophie patted her pocket for good measure, and satisfied by the feeling of the small figurine tucked within, continued on the dirt path that led to the mouth of the woods. Blake sharply exhaled and followed. They trudged on with the redwood as their true north until the density of the trees consumed any sign of the Goliath at the heart of the forest. Once upon a time, these trees felt like family. Blake and Sophie had spent countless hours of their youth taking in all that nature had to offer and caring for it in return. Despite growing up in these woods, Blake couldn't help but feel like an unwanted guest. This was due in part to their planning to venture further than they had before, and in part because they reached the fork in the path where Sophie had found their grandmother a month prior. Even though she had been bedridden for months due to her illness, the grandmother somehow mustered enough energy to journey into our beloved woods one last time. Blake had always assumed it was her stubbornness winning out and inkling of herself pushing her to go out on her own terms. Then he remembered the voices. The doctors had written them off as audible hallucinations, a symptom of her illness, but what if it was more than that? Do you think Graham heard the whispers too, he said. It hadn't even occurred to Blake until just then that his grandmother might have heard the faint, almost rhythmic way the redwood seemed to call to them. Like a siren song in the depths of the woods, it lured them closer. Blake felt around his pocket for his evil eye keychain. He felt they would need every amulet they could find for whatever it was that awaited them what seemed just a mere couple feet away. They began their walk, with nothing more than rapid breaths and the crunching of leaves on the ground. A twig or two bent under the weight of their feet. They heard rustling to their left. No, to their right. Maybe the rustling was coming from in front of them. Blake looked over at Sophie. She looked back, the same look of panic in her eyes. They said all that needed to be said without speaking a single word. It almost felt like something was circling them, like birds of prey that circle their next meal. Squirt. I just remembered something, whispered Blake. Sophie didn't really want to ask what it could be, but she gathered the courage to do so. What's that? Remember how I told you the redwoods are special to the Native Americans? Well, there's another belief they have that there was poison in the trees. They, just like Graham, tried to warn others of the evil spirits in the woods. The color drained from Sophie's face. We've been in these woods countless times. Nothing has ever happened to us before. Why now? There's no way. I think it's just all in our heads, she said, trying to sound as sure of herself as she had been before dinner. Before Blake could muster a plausible answer to why now, a thick... Inky darkness creeped through the woods and consumed the light that was present only moments earlier. Blake instinctively reached for his sister, but Sophie was nowhere to be felt. Sophie? He yelled as he frantically searched for her in the dark. When no response came, he quickly retracted his hands for fear of what might grab onto them in his sister's stead. Blake fumbled his cell phone out of his pocket and hastily turned the flashlight on to scan the surrounding forest. Within the beam of light, stood the mighty redwood towering over a figure much larger than his own six-foot frame. A man, donning a cloak resembling a feathered wingspan, effortlessly glided towards him, stopping short of an arm's length away from Blake. Blake was frozen in fear. No amount of will would get his legs to work. Blake was reminded of the very often times he had sleep paralysis. His mind was running a mile a minute trying to get his body to do something. 
He was screaming internally. His voice was suddenly nowhere to be found. Alas, you have heard the call and come to me. I've been working on getting you here since you were mere saplings, and you have brought the sacrifice requested of you. Oh, Blake, try as you might, you could not resist. The man retreated behind the tree. Two others emerged. One had Sophie slumped in his arms. Blake tried to run to her aid, and he was still stuck to the very spot. Don't Don't worry. worry. She's She's fine. fine. Nothing Nothing has has happened happened to her. her. Yet? Haven't you ever wondered what makes the redwoods grow so tall and strong? Think, arborist. Blake scrambled for an answer. The, The soil, the nutrients from the soil, and the water, just like any plant. There's more to it than just that. The spirits that dwell within these woods require something with a little more iron in it. How else does the redwood get its color, and thus its name? Blake did not want to think about this anymore. Speak, arborist. From from the blood, quivered Blake. Precisely. Realization washed over Blake, coercing his lost courage to the surface. You can't have her. Take me instead. You're You're interested interested in bargaining with with life like like your ancestors before you, the three said as one. Very well. But it's not your blood we want. What we desire is your protection, arborist. The three cloaked strangers melted into a single effervescent pool of black sludge, and in one fluid movement, Sophie was taken into their depths. Before Blake could cry out in protest, the viscous fluid seethed towards him. As the puddle drew near, it lifted from the forest floor, revealing an unconscious Sophie where it once lay. The glistening liquid molded itself into a disembodied hand and stretched towards Blake, pinching something delicately between its forefinger and thumb. The small, wooden condor once inside his sister's pocket was carefully presented to him. Blake looked at the wooden condor and thought back to his grandmother. She knew they would need this amulet, but just how was it going to provide them the protection they both needed? He thought back to his grandmother's final day. She was found in the woods. The responders that found her thought she must have gotten disoriented. Lost and confused, she must have spent her final moments in frustration. The stranger regained his human-like appearance and asked, Are Are you you finally putting the pieces together, Arborist? Your grandmother, thought mad by others like you, worked endlessly to appease us. She spoke to us. We had an understanding. She helped keep our land ours, protected from those of you who wish to do it harm. She gave us the sacrifices we required, and in return, we left your family alone. Blake's thoughts flashed back to the countless times he and Sophie would see their grandmother returning from the woods late at night. She told them the moonlit walks in her favorite woods brought her peace and helped her sleep. They believed her. They had no reason not to. He wondered what exactly she had been up to, afraid of what the answer might be. I'll tell you, said the figure, reading Blake's thoughts. He illuminated the tree with a light whose source came from within the creature. Blake's mouth dropped in awe. Wooden condors adorned the branches of the mighty redwood like a macabre Christmas tree. For each sacrifice, a condor. And you have presented me with both my next sacrifice and wooden gift. Your grandmother failed to do the one thing she fought so hard for, to protect you. Instead, she has led her precious grandchildren like lambs to the slaughter. 
fools. With a flick of the stranger's wrist, Sophie slid across the earth toward the base of the tree. Like a conductor orchestrating a crescendo, the stranger lifted his hands, and simultaneously Sophie rose into the air until she reached the height of the redwoods canopy. There, the stranger left her to rest among the wooden figurines strewn about the branches, her chest slowly rising and falling, as if in a deep slumber. Blake knelt helplessly before the stranger. Please, he whispered. Please? The stranger laughed. We We are hungry, arborist. His three voices bellowed, calling forth the gust of wind that tore through the redwoods' boughs. Sophie slipped ever so slightly down the branch. She was folded across, and the wind roared on. Blake scrambled forward, but met resistance from an unseen and unmoving force. And what would you resort to to save your sister? The stranger stepped so close. Blake should have felt his breath trickling down his neck. But there was nothing. Would you carry on your grandmother's duty? Blood to save blood? Blake was searching the deep recesses of his mind to see if there was any alternative. How could the one thing he loved so much, the one thing he devoted so much time, energy, and effort to, be the one thing that hurt him the most? There was no way he was going to let this thing hurt his sister. No way. Ever since his parents' tragic death, he had been her protector. He wasn't going to let that change now. You can have me, bellowed Blake, the conviction rising in his voice. He had found his strength once again. He moved closer towards the creature. Leave her alone. You can take me. Will that appease you? Ah, a deal is what you're after. An arborist's life so that this weak human can live. Are you sure you want to make that exchange? You can have whatever you want so long as Sophie is unscathed, Blake said. In one fell swoop, he was thrown to the skies, swapping places with Sophie. Sophie landed on the ground and was instantly brought back to consciousness. She looked up to see Blake's now limp body suspended in mid-air. She shrieked. Sophie began to plead with the creature. Please don't hurt him. He's all I've got. Though Blake had altruistic intentions, his Faustian deal would prove to be anything but. Your Your brother brother is now ours. And what what that that foolish mortal did not realize was that now he's bound you to this perpetual cycle of sacrifice. He thought he was saving you. But really, he's indebted you to a life you will wish you never had. The branch nearest Blake reached out toward him, synchronizing with the stranger's beckoning hand. Its wooden tendrils creeped around Blake's skull ever so delicately until Blake slackened in its grip. Sophie sobbed. She couldn't bring herself to move forward to save her brother or backward to save herself. Instead, she closed her eyes. In the quiet of the woods... She heard the crackling of the branch moving toward her. Against the underbrush, she heard it slither. Sophie felt its splintering wood enclose around her, and then she felt peace. It was a typical fall day in the Pacific Northwest. Despite the chill in the air and the heavy clouds hanging overhead, the young boy felt inspired to explore. He promised his father he wouldn't go far and set down the nearby footpath that led into the woods. He followed the winding trail into the forest, embracing the light drizzle that fell between the pines surrounding him. Though he had been down this trail many times before, he found himself stopped in his tracks as his typical way forward is now covered in brush. 
The boy paused to consider his next move when his eyes fell upon vegetation, freshly flattened to form an inconspicuous trail. He let his curiosity lead him forward and soon found himself approaching two figures sitting side by side on a fallen tree. Both were too preoccupied working at something in their hands to notice the boy until he stepped forward and inadvertently snapped a twig beneath his weight. The pair turned to look at him in unison. Nice day for a walk, huh? Blake said, greeting the boy with a warm smile. The boy offered a sheepish smirk in return and shifted his gaze toward the items in their hands. Sophie lifted her project up to show the boy. My brother and I are trying our hand at wood carving. You want to see? The boy contemplated for a moment before he nodded his head in agreement and walked toward the pair perched on the log. Sophie extended her arm out and presented the boy with a small figurine. What do you think? He turned it about in his hand, admiring the detail of the wooden bird front and back. You can have it if you like, Sophie offered. Pleased at his new fortune, the boy thanked Sophie and quickly stuffed it in his pocket before she could change her mind. Do you want to see something even cooler? Blake implored. There's a tree just over there that's older than time itself and so big that you can't even see the end from way down here. Intrigued, the boy gladly followed his new friends deeper down the path until they reached their destination. Before the trio stood the mightiest redwood the boy had ever seen. He stood motionless, wonderstruck by its presence. And for a moment, he swore he could hear the tree whispering.